Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Steve Rosenblum. Mike Esposito. On 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. There it is, Espo. Mr. Carlson saying it all for all of us. Field reporter Les Nessman still out there. Oh, the the turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. Oh, the humanity. So with Les Nessman, and everybody naturally makes the connection of Les Grobstein, who would do the jive turkey of the year yep. on these on these days. We had a texter ask about that, didn't we? Yes, we, we did. had a texter. Yeah, and. And and we we don't have anything to play for you, 708 Texter. Sorry, so we just played you, Mr. Carlson. 219 Texter, rise and shine, wake and bake club member, ready to wake and bake, and most of all, suck throughout the day. No better day to be a wake and bake club member than on Thanksgiving. Is that true, Espo? Do you think that... Uh... Uh- I think it's it'd be true for the eating part, but I I mean I don't know I, you don't want to be too tired. I mean, the goal obviously is to to make it through the family Thanksgiving dinner and then fall asleep uh, while eating and you know after eating and and then watching and waking and baking. But I I, I would guess I would guess that uh, it's certainly a solid day for for some couch surfing and some football watching. So maybe that's what he means. Our text zone number, 312-644-6767. And as everyone knows, the text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online. Rosenhyundai.com. 224 texture. Is the proper term happy Thanksgiving for the Wake and Bake Club today? I just smoked a fat one gram bloint of blueberry AK to get my day started right. Well, I, I guess we could ask, what about Thanksgiving? Isn't that what Bob from Niles would ask? What yeah, it, it's possible. Hey, yeah. if, if, there's ev- if there's ever a place to ask about Thanksgiving, it is on these airwaves. So we're here for you. Yeah. So the, uh, the Bears are going to play football against the Jets. We don't know who's going to quarterback. We think we know. It sounds like we know. It sounds like we know who shouldn't play. <laughs> Because he's got a separated, partially torn ligament, separated shoulder, partially torn ligament. 
an AC joint, it means all cracked or whatever it stands for. That's Justin Fields' understanding. And our understanding is why would you risk him? And you would ask that question of the player, but ask of the coach. He will determine who's up, who's down, if he's medically cleared. Here is Matt Eberflus on why it's important to play Justin Fields against the Jets Sunday. If Ryan Poles doesn't want him to play Fields and you do want him to play, does he play? There's a big argument then, I would say. (laughs) I would say that, no, I would say that, I would say really that we have disagreements like that sometimes, you know, and we would just have to put our heads together and make a common sense decision on that, which is a lot of things. You know, when we make decisions on certain things like we did with, you know, Tevin last week, you know, we just got to make the thing that's for the best for the player and where the player feels where he is performance-wise. So that's sort of jumping ahead. The idea of the coach thinks it's important to play. If he's ready to play, he's going to play. That's the way you do it in the NFL because we're playing the game. We're trying to win the game. It sounds like everybody laps into Herm Edwards. Herm, we want to win just... the game. Yeah, right? I mean, that's what it is. The reason you play the game is you play to win the game. Hello? There's a lot of great things, Eberflus saying, there's a lot of great things to getting the experience of playing a game, every single game we can. That's an important part of this season. And it's hard to debate that. He's right. This is a quarterback who needs every rep, every snap, every opportunity. We see it, don't you? Absolutely. No, I I agree that you want Fields to play as much as possible. I will have a caveat in there with this, but that you don't want him to do it where he's got a separated shoulder and where he's feeling pain, right? I mean, this this game at this point, and we talked about it, and I think Bears fans know this as well as anybody, this is not a team built to win this year. And if you're Eberflus, so here's where if I'm Eberflus and I understand the NFL coaching mentality, right? You want to win every single game. You don't want, you're not there to lay down. And I support that wholeheartedly. What you're also not there to do is get your franchise quarterback or your potential franchise quarterback. I don't know how we classify him these days, but you do not get him further injured when he already is injured against a bad Jets team. When you are a bad bears team and you've already traded away all your best players and you're sitting on all this dead cap money this year at three and eight you're not making the playoffs it doesn't matter if you're four and eight or three and nine so that's where this week in particular when Justin Fields yesterday literally came out and said that it hurts to do pretty much everything handoff throw passes whatever it is why you would then consider playing him in this game although you know Fields wants to play too and if if they all want him to play I think this is where you have to and, and Flus even said it in that cut, right? You have to be smart about this. You have to make a common sense decision, which to to me, and I think to you, is the one that shows Trevor Simeon playing on Sunday. Yeah, the the idea of common sense and NFL doesn't go together. <laughs> that I is mean, also I mean, true. it doesn't because you look at, and I'll give you a perfect example in, in the, we're talking about QB1, but talk about draft pick one. Talk about Jaquan Brisker. He has been, for me, a highlight. He's been an example Absolutely. of what Ryan, what Ryan Poles can do. The thing he does best, I think, is draft. It's a small sample size. I think his free agency has got tons of problems. Again, a small sample size. 
and he's going about wrecking a roster that needed to be wrecked. He's gone about putting himself in position to tank. He's putting his team in position to tank. And right now they have the third overall pick. They have the same record as, as Carolina, but they played a stronger schedule. So Carolina has a number two pick right now because the Panthers have played a weaker schedule and they're three and eight like the Bears. Bunch of teams at three and seven chasing the Bears for that draft pick. So that's what Ryan Poles does. But when you talk about common sets in the NFL, it's ludicrous because the game is built on destroying your head and your brain and your body. We talk about Justin Fields being hurt. Everybody's hurt. Everybody in the NFL is hurt. It takes one practice and you're hurt. And you're going to stay that way for the next six and a half months, seven months, whatever it's going to be. Jaquan Risker was diagnosed with a, was put in concussion protocol, say Monday, whenever it was after the game. He was yep. taken out of the game twice and evaluated for a concussion. He missed one play each time, went back in the game, and then suddenly he has a concussion. Mm-hmm. And it is explained repeatedly that by NFL concussion experts, by I mean the the, the those who were meant to oversee the 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 concussion spotters, the doctors, the people on the field, the people, the eyes in the sky. So much of it is patient, essentially a confession. And it's patient information driven. It's self-reporting. And the patients, in this case, football players, are taught to say when they have a concussion that their toe hurts. That's what happens. That's what they're taught to do. Tom Thayer said it on these very airwaves years ago. If you are in danger, if you if they think you got your bell rung, which is what we used to say before we knew about CTE, if you got your bell rung, Thayer said, no, you grab your ankle. You don't grab your head. I mean, they're taught right. to yeah. ignore the brain damage they are enduring because that's what happens on every play. And so common sense, Espo, I don't, I, sounds like an oxymoron when you're talking about the NFL. So now what? Now what do you do, Espo? Well, and, and, the, and I say funny, but it's not funny at all. It's actually sad. But your primary reasons for Bears football watching, at least for me personally, I want to watch the young guys. I want to see the future of this team. And, you know, I'm not interested necessarily in the result. Of course, I want the Bears to do well. Inevitably, you end up rooting for the Bears to win, even though in your brain you might know that having the Bears win is probably uh, not as good as it, as it would be for, you know, your draft position, et cetera, et cetera. So not to get too far deep into that, but you look at the injury report yesterday, and we've talked extensively about Fields, so we're not sure uh, if Fields is going to play, um, and I think if we had our druthers, he wouldn't. But you look at who else did not practice yesterday, both with concussions, is Brisker and Kyler Gordon, who, as you said, 100% correctly, these are guys that have been bright spots. These are your building block guys, some of them on defense, and guys you want to step, uh, you know, you want to watch. You want to, you want to keep them out there, and you want to keep them healthy, and both are concussed. And, and clearly, uh, that is not, not good, and you want to make sure that they are healthy. But you're right. I mean, the self-reporting thing, and I mean, that's it's kind of a – well-known thing, and and you know Thayer, uh, the the comment you uh, just pointed out is 100% correct. That's what they do. No, nobody, nobody is going to uh, 
I mean, they might deny it, but nobody's going to deny that that's what's happened for years, right? You get your bell rung, you, you don't say it, you, you kind of shake off the cobwebs and you run back in, and regardless of whether you're concussed or not concussed, you know that's what happens. So you're watching, it's the perfect Bears game is to see what Justin Fields did for most of the last month and them lose. Mm-hmm. And yet it's imperfect. And I, I get a lot of pushback from texters and we get it today. Why do you guys have to be so negative about yep. whatever we're saying? I wanted, I have long, and Trent Dilfer talked about it. We played in one of the cuts we played last hour. I want to see a hero drive. I want to see that something that happens in the last two minutes, lead them back. He's had a lot of opportunities to do it and he's failed or he has not done it, whether it's him, somebody else, everybody's making excuses that it's never him, but they've lost four games in a row. They've had chances to do it. Do you know that that embarrassment, almost a massive embarrassment against Houston, Lovey Smith's Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. Do you know that counts as a fourth quarter game winning drive for Justin Fields? The Texans game. Roquan Smith Smith made the interception, ran it back, you know, to the 18. And they were just killing time and lining the ball up for Santos. But because Justin Fields handed off and then he took a knee and eventually Santos came on and they, they broke, he broke the tie. They won the game. He gets credit for a fourth quarter game winning drive. I did not know that. Um, And that to yeah, that that to me strikes as your, Gotta as do your, better. Uh, yeah, that that's Gotta. not really the spirit of that, right? No, it's not. It's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for what I wanted to see last week and the week before and the week before. Like, okay, two minutes to go or all your timeouts. You got moved down the field. I don't mind him. I mean, I really didn't mind Getsy's play calling because the first one was if he. You call a design run. You got timeouts. You're getting rid of the edge. You can get out of bounds. And he's your best offensive weapon. You don't need to go the length of the field. You just need to get to a point where you can at least at least get get a field goal. And then he calls a running play. He called David Montgomery. And, and David Montgomery is going to, in theory, going to hurt people. He's going to shake off contact and get – and, okay, well, somebody screwed up. Miscommunication. You know, I confess somebody else did it, and your quarterback got hurt on the first one. He didn't know where he was or what to do on the second one. He threw an interception on the third one. Drive home safely, everybody. Tip your weight staff. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mind the play calling. I'm, I'm once again saw everything I wanted to see except fields, leading, driving, Making the bear turning the bears into a, a, a winner with a hero drive at the end. I, I, it, and I get a bunch of textures saying, Hey, he doesn't have the weapons, we know they're going to lose. This is a bunch of crap. And, well, why is it for maybe you can help me here? Answer this, Espo. Why is it everything good that happens for three quarters is all praise to Justin Fields? And when crap happens at the end and they can't win a game, they can't come back, they can't mount a drive, they can't look like a decent offense. It's everybody else's fault and not Justin Fields. Can you fix that for me? Can you explain that, Lucy? Uh, I can try. Um, okay. And I think, I, I think maybe that's uh, 
our listeners doing exactly what you're saying, right? I mean, they look around and they see that, you know, St. Brown and, you know, Claypool new to the team and Dante Pettis. And I mean, outside of Mooney, you know, pick your guy and Komet has been better of late, but you don't have a lot of options out there for game breaking receivers. You know, your running game is your best offensive threat. You can't protect fields. I mean, Dilfer uh, illustrated that perfectly with, with the struggles they've had on that offensive line. And, and I think some of that too is right. I mean, fields is the guy, right. And bears fans uh, have, you know, truly warm to Fields. Uh, they think he's going to be the next big thing. They think he is finally going to be a franchise quarterback here, and they don't want to hear the negativity just like that texter texted in. And I, I was going to point that one out to you. You beat me to it. But, right, why are you guys being negative was the question or why is the, or was the comment, I should say. But I don't think it's being negative. I think it's I think it's being realistic with what they have. And, and you're right. I mean, what we saw from Justin Fields, the reason he was a first round pick was because of his passing. And, you know, it's it's a joke that's been made a million times. But if he had the uh, wide receiver talent that he had at Ohio State, maybe this would look differently. But that's not what the Bears have right now. That's not to say they can't get it uh, in the offseason during the draft and in free agency. They're going to have a ton of dough to spend. But right. I mean, I think that's it. You, you know, Fields is your you know, your uh, face of the franchise and people don't want to hear you talk negatively about him. That That is my gut instinct as to what you're talking about. It's backed up by my emotional support oracle, the man who knows all, tells all, and my Trader Joe's. All <laughs> capital letters he texts to us, your ESO says, but look at the lack of talent around uh-huh. him. Bang, 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 bang. Happy Turkey Day. Okay, all right. You see what you want to see. We'll see what we want to see. We're not being negative. We're being, we're being, <clears throat> we're being interested. We're, interested we're in the real, reasons man. why. Yeah, it's you drink your own Kool Aid on Thanksgiving. And speaking of turkey, we will discuss that next. And an NBA player had what I believe would be the greatest and most appropriate. Thanksgiving, no comment as a result of social media and what it means and how it works and what happens. It's really a remarkable thing. So we'll bring that and we'll discuss that. And later on in the hour, we will hear from Boomer Esiason, who's on with Parkinson Spiegel, talking, yeah, quarterback, Bears quarterback, Bears and their quarterbacks. And we will hear from that before Mark Grody joins us at 9 o'clock. Happy Thanksgiving to you, even those of you who must be with your family. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Have a nice Thanksgiving. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I'll be Steve Rosenblum. He'll be Mike Esposito, get, right? You want to be I that? guess that makes me Mike Esposito. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Share with the class. As we do our Thanksgiving show, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you for joining us. The uh, Even though it's not Saturday suckage, it sounds like Saturday suckage. And boy, will it sound like Saturday suckage at 9 o'clock when Mark Brody joins us. <laughs> it's not his show, but it should be his show. He's on this show. And tomorrow he'll have his own show right after we have this same kind of show. Me and Espo on from 6 to 10. After it, we'll be off the air at 11 today. After 11 o'clock, we're the... Turns out we're the pregame show for the pregame show for football's biggest day. 
Yep. You will have the triple header today. You'll have starting with the Lions hosting the Bills and the Giants and the Cowboys and then the Vikings and the Patriots and we'll see who's a fraud, who's not. Maybe there you go. Mike Esposito, share with the class an Esposito family Thanksgiving. So the Esposito family Thanksgiving, uh, we are, we are, uh, we have the three kids now. We're we're just heading to the in-laws today. Uh, we do a various, uh, a variety of different things, uh, but the wife's uh, sister and uh, our niece and nephews from that side, they're in Alabama. They're they're visiting the other side of the family. Did so they they're out. A, so... Did they lose a bet? They, no, they made they, they made they made the they, drive. They, they were sent, they, were they sentenced to something for a criminal act? Did they got sent I, to I, Alabama? Well, it's probably a little bit warmer there, but they did have to drive there, so that was uh, undoubtedly <laughs> a fun drive with with two fourteen uh, year olds and a uh, and a ten year old or a twelve year old, excuse me. So I'm sure that was a good time. But no, the the uh, this this year is low key. We we do a variety of different rotations and everything, but essentially. You get uh, you get uh, the wife's family and then uh, some smattering of my family in there. And then on Christmas, we do the old rotational where you get one side of the family one day, one side of the family the other day. But essentially, it'll be lots of eating. It'll be lots of football and uh, hopefully no breaking things and whatever else from the uh, from the children. But outside of that, uh, it's it's a very traditional, I would say, normal Thanksgiving. I would, uh, maybe our texters have some thoughts on this. 312-644-6767. That'll get you to our text zone. The anecdotally, I believe two weird things are happening and maybe it was predictable, but experiencing it has been sort of um, eye-opening because it's not that COVID's done. It's still taking the lives of people. It's still affecting people, but it feels so different that what feels like to me is there are bigger gatherings this year than there have been since this started more people there, more people that despite what you're doing and i think that the i think that the that that has created a that one of the byproducts a problem to come out of that is you look forward to this like we can get together. We can do the bigger Thanksgivings. Well, as much as we may have dreaded it before, dealing with, you know, Uncle Snark and Aunt Snob, and we're we're going to be with them and their their prissy kids and and we're and all the stuff that they're doing. Everything you used to hate, you now you want to embrace. So there's the bigger groups. We're back together again. And what that seems to have done again. This is anecdotal. It's created greater stress, greater, more edginess, less patience and tolerance because now it's a bigger deal. Oh, we got to cook for all these people. Oh, we got to make this. Now we're having 17 or now we're going to be at a, at a gathering where there's 17. So I got to make two side dishes. Oh, I got to get this. Why do I have to go to a grocery store? Can't they just deliver it? Why, why, why? I don't. Yeah. Have you have you run into any of that? Do you sense that? Yeah. Have you experienced I, that? I do. Exp- I, I have experienced that. I do think this year, certainly 2022 has been 
in many ways, the the return to normalcy, whatever you want to say it, uh, however you want to call it, despite what you're saying with COVID still being out there, a lot of people have been vaccinated. A lot of people have already had it. So people are returning to a more normal lifestyle, whether that's going back physically into your office or getting back out to these large gatherings, et cetera. I certainly have noticed that. In fact, we were on a a group text the other day with a bunch of my uh, my college buddies, and we were uh, giving uh, giving some grief to my one friend Dave, who decided to go to Costco on Monday and uh, was was lamenting. How that work out for? Him? Oh yeah, that, that did not work out very well for him at all. And we're like, wait a second, it's the week of Thanksgiving, and it's the middle of the day, and everyone's off work, and you're at Costco. It's like this is probably not your smartest decision, Dave, and it, and it was not. And uh, uh, but that was. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I think I think that is exactly what you're saying, right? I mean, people are people are getting back to it, but the stress levels are high. You know, the you know inflationary things going on in the economy and all the different things that go into Thanksgiving, where you're buying all of this food and you're trying to entertain your family, and then the getting together of families. And you you know you you jokingly mentioned it, but right, I mean, all the family tensions that you might have avoided with, uh, you know. Socially distant holidays uh, a few years ago, those are gone, right? So the stress has come right back. Yeah, I, I had um, I, mostly my Thanksgivings had been, it, I revert, it was Stakesgiving. It's usually me. That's what my, uh-huh. the diva and I referred to it, and, and we did Stakesgiving. And that was fine by me. And it was just us. And we, we made, we did Wildfire's medallion trio. We made all that. And that was just simple. So this year, me and Sweet Cheeks, we're going over to Sweet Cheeks' uh, cousin's house, and it's going to be her family and her mom and her dad. And so for me, this is bigger. This is going to be about 10 people. This is, this is bigger. And I just, okay, I do the radio show. I'll bring the wine. I'll bring flowers. Don't make me do anything. I just want to show up. I can, I, that's all I want to do. And that's right. I, I'm, I'm going to wear Kevlar because I don't know how this is going to go. But it should be. I like Sweet Cheeks' family. And they're, they're very nice. They welcome me. I'm just, but that's one of the reasons I bring it up is this is a bigger, a bigger version of this. So can, I will ask you. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, can you be in charge of like movie quotes or comic relief or like, you know, Planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, lines, things like that. I mean, we could put you in charge of stuff like that for for the Sweet Cheeks Thanksgiving, though. Yeah, that's the we determined that's the only Thanksgiving movie, right? Plane, planes, trains, planes, and trains, and automobiles. Yeah. All, they, all the rest of them revolve around uh, you know getting home for Christmas. Planes, trains, and automobiles. And I, I just uh, caught the last half of it again last night before Bulls basketball, uh, and it's always enjoyable to return to. He's trying to get home for his Thanksgiving dinner, and that's that's the uh, the entire thing. And I can't think of it. I'm sure there there may be others, but I can't think of any where Thanksgiving is the centerpiece. You're going home for Thanksgiving as opposed to Christmas. Right. And tomorrow when we do the show, we can fight about whether the greatest Christmas movie in, involves Nakatomi. Hans Gruber versus Michael Corleone. We could fight about that tomorrow. But that's, <laughs> I, but that's tomorrow. I look forward to that one. So – We'll discuss Turkey later on, but I want to bring this up. Zion Williamson and the Pels was asked your favorite dish. What's your favorite dish? Jen Hale does a broadcast. She got got him on on mic, on camera after the game. What are you looking forward to eating the most? And Zion Williamson gave one one of the most wonderful answers I've ever heard in this day and age. 
You're trying to set me up. No matter what I answer, no matter what answer I give, social media is going to clown me. So no comment. <laughs> he refused to comment on his favorite Thanksgiving dish for fear of, of social media pushback. Well, and he's right, too, because this is the guy that has had, I I don't want to say struggled with weight, but I mean, he's had uh, body issues, right? I mean, he's a big guy. He's always been a big guy, but there were certainly lots of uh, scuttlebutt out there on social media and and other places that he's he's not been in basketball shape. He's carrying too much weight, not this year, but in previous years. So I I see that. I'm with you, Zion. I I, I feel your uh, response on that one. I, I get it. So we're calling Zion Will Yamson. Is that what you're doing? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that how we go? Oh, I, my God. But the idea of – I'm down know, with that so one, mo- too. Yeah, sure. It's, it's so modern to for a, for, it's so, to for a guy to invoke social media as refusing to take a stand on a side dish or a main dish on Thanksgiving. Like, this is just, this is so out of hand. 708 texter, Steve, our family is back to normal holiday parties. 22 people at Thanksgiving this year back to normal with COVID over. Well, COVID's not over, but 22, that's, wow. You, you'll, wish for, you'll wish for smaller g- gatherings after that. It's and a lot of another, people in one house, for sure. Oh, boy, another 708 texter. Morning, suckage show. Unfortunately, I have an, well, let's just say a rectum in-law. <laughs> and it's always that way. Love this show. Well, we're here for you for that. We're, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Boomer Esiason had some thoughts for Parkins and Spiegel talking about the Bears quarterback, who might quarterback, what he's done as quarterback. We're going to hear what the former quarterback says about the nominal Bears starting quarterback. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. We're here on Thanksgiving. Hope you're having a happy Thanksgiving morning. Thanks for letting us keep you company. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Gobble, gobble. Back. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito with you. Boomer Esiason was on Parker's Spiegel yesterday. Wanted to bring that to you, talking about Justin Fields, talking about the Bears. Here's Boomer with Parkinson Spiegel. Now we got a lot to talk about this week, don't we? We, we, we certainly do. Uh, were you surprised that Robert Sala pulled the trigger and, and benched Zach Wilson? Um, I, I can't say that I was surprised. It, it came on, uh, or the news came after we had left our show this morning, and we were trying to figure out what he was doing with the quarterback situation. I figured that he had left the door open to bench um, Zach Wilson if he played poorly against the Bears this weekend. That's what it felt like. And then uh, the more that that the news came out, it it came out that I think a lot of the players really were turned off by Zach's commentary after the game last week in which he didn't play very well against the New England Patriots. He's basically lost the locker room as the leader of the team. And I think Robert Sala sat down with his, uh, I, I believe he sat down with his, you know, like his leadership council of players, probably talked to Joe, Joe, Joe um, Douglas, their general manager, and decided that, you know, to move forward and to keep the locker room uh, in perfect harmony that they needed to make the change here. So, Boomer, you're not buying the fundamental reset, that the kid needs a reset because the fundamentals are out of whack? Was there any of that going on in addition? 
I, you know, I think there is something. I think he's got the yips. Um, I also think that a home game in front of a fan base that has just absolutely been torturing him for the last three weeks uh, is probably not good for his psyche. Um, look, I don't buy into all this stuff. I think a guy's got to live through the adversity. You've got to find out if the guy's got thick skin and all that other stuff. But, you know, last week watching the tape, you could see where he was just kind of misfiring, and there were guys that were wide open. And it reminds me of when Chuck Knobloch was playing second base for the Yankees or Steve Sachs for the Dodgers, for that matter, and they couldn't make a throw to first base. And it's almost like it's in his mind now where he did not want to make a mistake last week because he had thrown three interceptions against the New England Patriots a couple games ago. And going in and with Belichick and everything going on, he really, really struggled. And the answers to the questions after by the media really is what un, you know, really did him in because there were really short, curt answers. Um, I think his uh, defensive players and the team at whole wanted him to take responsibility for the loss by the way that he played, and he did not do that. I noticed that Justin Fields has done that. I know Josh Allen has done that. I did that in, you know, in my career where you just got to take it and you just got to be a man about it and you got to step up and you got to take responsibility. Even if, if it's not your responsibility, you're still the leader. And Zach seems to be a little bit immature and doesn't seem to get that part of the, the job just yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back on the field at some point before the end of the season. Cause I, you know, Mike white is not the long-term answer or solution uh, for the New York jets. It's, it's just a stopgap. It's a bandaid and it's probably to alleviate the fan pressure and also the pressure coming from within the locker room itself. Well, it's just pretty stark, Boomer, just the 21 draft class with Zach Wilson being second overall and Fields being 11th and Zach Wilson having the leadership week that he's had and the story coming out that Justin Fields apologized to the team after the Falcons game for throwing that interception before he was carted off to get x-rays on his non-throwing shoulder and Eddie Jackson had to stop him and say, hey, man, we didn't lose because of you. Feels like Justin Fields is a 10 out of 10 as a leader how much does an act like that matter even if like you said he didn't need he didn't really owe them an apology well it matters a big way you know you gotta have the respect to the locker room and I think early on in the season that we talked about this Justin was really struggling and I and I the other side of the, the team the defense really probably was wondering whether or not that Justin was going to ultimately be the leader that he's turned out to be um, and all that changed after that Thursday night loss in Washington or against Washington and Luke Getze trade, you know, changed the offense around a little bit, and then all of a sudden Justin became, you know, the bullet train that he is. And I think the players started to respect Justin and the physical nature. And then listening to the other teams talk about Justin, you know, uh, whether it be on social media, whether it be in the media itself, um, you know, he garnered more and more respect each and every game. And then to play hurt and you know to to, to apologize. You want your teammates to love you. You want them to respect you. You want them to go to war with you. You want them to fight for you. And I think Justin definitely has the grasp of the locker room. So that's good news. <clears throat> the bad news is, is that he's playing a game that is a dangerous game. And, you know, when he runs like he does, now the next step for him is to, to learn to really protect himself and make sure that he's able to show up each and every week. Oh, we like this, Boomer. We like when the opposite of what we lived through the first time around with Mitch Trubisky being the guy and like, oh, if you notice Deshaun and uh, and Pat Mahomes are good, now, now you, Mr. Jet, you got Zach Wilson, should have taken the fourth quarterback in the draft, our guy Fields. How's it feel, buddy? 
Well, listen, I'm not Mr. Jet. I'm Mr. New York, I guess you would say. But okay. you know, my feeling is such that I want all these kids to do well. I want every single one of them to do well. The, the better our quarterback situation is in the NFL, the more popular the NFL is. So for every Josh Allen, unfortunately, there's like three or four uh, Zach Wilsons. For every Justin Herbert, there's four or five Sam Darnolds or Baker Mayfields. I mean, it just – it's a hard position to master. It's a hard position to understand. And I'm not, I'm not throwing the talent yet on Zach Wilson. I, I've seen too much good arm talent and, and good ability uh, in the small areas where he has been successful to think that his career is over. I just think that, you know, he came from a bubble in Utah. I don't care what anybody says. This was a BYU kid. Um, you know, he was probably lauded and loved at BYU. And, you know, he, was, he grew up there, the whole thing. And now all of a sudden – he was handed the keys to the New York Jets of all franchises, just like Sam Darnold was. And Sam Darnold was ruined. I just hope that, uh, you know, this kid isn't ruined yet. And I, I hope that he's learning a lesson. And really what you want to see now is a kid get angry and try to get his job back. And the only way he can do that is if he practices hard and he shows the coaches that he's making the, uh, the, you, know, the you know, or at least he has the ability to be angry and, and go after it and the competitive desire to go get it. So I, I don't think we're done with him yet. I just think he's really having a hell of a hard time learning how to be a leader. Boomer Esiason with us, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. So, Boomer, I'm not sure like how plugged in you've been in the last like 90 minutes or so to the Justin Fields update, but it was a pretty interesting day here in Chicago. Matt Eberflus was asked a bunch of questions at his press conference about his quarterback, and he was a typical NFL coach, and he said absolutely nothing. And then Justin Fields came up to the podium and he was super honest. Like he said what the injury was. He said, you know, it's a, it's an AC joint. It's a partially torn ligament. If the game was today, I wouldn't be able to play. They talked to me about maybe wearing extra padding. You don't really know until you get that shot on game day. I'm not going to change which hand I hand off in. This isn't the national championship game. I'm not going to risk missing two or three games for the sake of playing in this one, but of course I want to be out there. Like He was unbelievably forthcoming about the injury to his non-throwing shoulder. So the debate we're now having is is it worth it to play Justin Fields, given that he basically shared what the injury was, an AC joint, partially torn ligament, and the non-throwing shoulder? How would you answer that? Yeah, I've had that exact injury, but and uh, but I didn't play quarterback like Justin plays it. I uh, just want to be honest with you. I didn't run like he did, and it hurts every time you throw, even though it's your non-throwing shoulder. Every time you lift your other arm to throw it, it's all tied together, and you feel it, and it is – it's a lot of pain. I, I would not play him. I would not. And I would protect him from himself. He wants to be a hero. And that's, we love that about him. That, so he's the leader. He's got the respect of the locker room, but I would not play him. There's no reason to play him. Honestly. Uh, I just think that uh, when you're messing around with shoulders and things of that nature, this injury can get worse. This is not like a hip pointer. A hip pointer can't get any worse than it, than it is a, a mildly separated shoulder can turn into a grade three separation that ends up needing uh, surgery. So it, it could be a one to two week injury. If I remember mine correctly was a, I had to miss 10 days of no throwing, no nothing and just total treatment. And then I was able, I missed one game in college and came back and played the next game. But every time I got hit the rest of the year, my, my shoulder would feel like I had an electric bolt going through it. So Given the amount of time that he spends running with the football, I would be very, very careful of playing him. It's really, really interesting because we've heard this terminology, Boom, like can't make it worse. 
you know, and 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 they uh, use that so can. often. You can, huh? One hundred percent, you can. So you, he's telling you it's a grade A or a grade one. So there's a grade two, there's a grade three, um, and it's already weak as it is. So he can can make it significantly worse. And again, it's the way he plays that also comes into this. So he likes to run a lot. He's going to get hit. He's going to get knocked to the ground. And every time he gets knocked to the ground, that thing's going to feel like there's an electric bolt going through his neck. And, I, you know, look, I know that I don't I, – I, I, 99% chance he's not playing. And if he does play, I'll buy you guys dinner when you come to New York next time. Um, just It's just – it's too painful, and there's no reason to take – a risk for a a season that really is about getting him ready and rebuilding around him for next year, but he doesn't need to play in this game. And by the way, the jet defense is really good, really, really good. And they have, uh, they've had um, multiple sacks in the last three games. I think they have like 17 sacks, maybe in the last three games. I mean, they get after the opposing team's quarterback. So if Josh Allen was going to get hit around and he did, and they, you know, this is where he hurt his elbow was against the jet defense. I would be really, really reticent that the to, to play Justin Fields against this defense in this particular situation. Carbone, Lugers, where, where, where does Boomer Esiason take us out for dinner? <laughs> Maybe Cipriani, that would be nice. Uh, I could yeah, take Joe Molino, whatever you guys would like, but I'm telling you, it would be crazy to expect him to play this Sunday. Who needs to step in and say that, Boomer? Can the coach do it, or does the GM need to step in and, and say it? Matt Eberflew said it's a group decision today. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be the training staff. It's going to be the doctors. And if you think that he can't re-injure it or make it worse, uh, you know, then I got a bridge to sell you, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, for for a, a million dollars. I the only thing I can tell you is that it's it's unlikely he's going to play. I mean, really. I mean, let's be realistic. And they they can play the games all they want because I will say this: getting ready for Justin Fields is completely different than getting ready for Trevor Simeon. We all know that. And maybe they're playing games just to give them a little bit of an advantage and to make Rob Sala and the, and the defense of the Jets think that they may be playing against Justin, who's going to move around and run around. But I, I just it, – it really doesn't make any sense. I mean, the guy has got a grade one separation. Everybody in football knows what that is, and they all know what, you know, what that means. So I, I, I got to believe that the Jets don't believe that they're going to see Justin Fields either. Boomer Sison on with Parkinson Spiegel. So he's grading out very well when it comes to separated shoulders and AC <laughs> joints. And we'll see. As we talked about, Boomer feels the same way we do, Espo, is it's it's a game. It's all about gamesmanship. It's it's the lame NFL game is make the other team do more work by not committing to anything. Yep. No, and, and Boomer hit it, right? You're preparing for Trevor Simeon versus Justin Fields, two different things. The Bears want them to think that there's some uh, chances there that Fields will play. And maybe there is. And if we see him out there, I know, uh, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised, but I would be disappointed. I don't want to jeopardize anything to do with Justin Fields. And Boomer, just you just heard Boomer, a guy who actually had the injury. You can make it worse. So what's the point? We're going to make it worse, too. No, wait, we're going to make it better. <laughs> Mark Grody's going to join us. Saturday suckage and all kinds of. All kinds of combinations. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. We'll talk to Grody next. See what's going on at Hallis Hall today on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.